coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss Wrinkles in Time, the uncertain future of network time protocol. Next up, a payday drone. How a Wi-Fi drone spied on a financial firm. And of course, our fun game, Two Truths and a Lie. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 135, recorded on October 17th, 2022. I'm your co-host, Kelsey, there can only be pun, LaBelle. With me, co-host Taylor, welcome to the Drone Zone, Wilkes Pierce. And last, but certainly not least, our special guest, Kelly Time Lord Malloy. Welcome to the show all, especially you, Kelly. We're so excited to have you on your inaugural Breaking Badness podcast. I'm delighted to be here. Well, Kelly, tell us a little bit about yourself. Let's let this audience get to know you. I am a geek. I love baseball. I cook a lot. And when I'm not watching baseball or cooking, I knit. I love that. Um... I have to say, I'm trying to get into baseball, and as somebody that now resides in the the state of Ohio, my father-in-law has been very much engaged in what's happening with the Guardians, um, and I saw some of the very end of the game set to a Celine Dion song from the Titanic, and it was it was quite moving, I'll say. That's fantastic, even though your team knocked my team out of uh, the playoffs. Oh, no. Who's your team, Kelly? The Tampa Bay Rays. Oh. Oh. Sorry about that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. All is fair in love and playoffs. (laughs) I love that. That's fantastic. (laughs) Kelly, it could have been worse. You could have been the Mariners where you get one uh, playoff home game in 21 years, and it's an 18-inning, 0-0. That's uh, true. Our second game was only a 16-inning game. Oh, relatively so. brief. Just yeah. A, just a blink of, a blink of the eye. Because baseball is known for its brevity, yes. too, in general, yes. <laughs> well, we managed to combine uh, an 18-inning game with extremely unhealthy air qualities. So, <laughs> Ooh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone had a blast. Ooh, yeah, that sounds, that sounds good. Um, hey, there's always nothing- next year. There's always, that's the Mariners on official tagline. <laughs> oh boy. Well, yeah, like, like I had already mentioned, this is Kelly's first go. So we always love being able to introduce some incredible people here at Domain Tools and, and beyond um, to you, Breaking Badness audience. And today we're going to start with our first article, Wrinkles in Time. So this article from the New Yorker discusses an obscure software system that synchronizes the network's clocks. And we just to kind of assume that that will that will work, but but will it? <laughs> and Kelly, I know that you actually selected this article, something you wanted to talk about. Tell us a little bit about your passion for time and and what drew you to this article. Well, so I I have done some things in my career which are not exactly glamorous, but have 
enhance the functioning of the internet, shall we say. Um, and NTP is one of those things that truly is fundamental to the foundations of the internet. It's one of the things that makes the internet just work. Um, most people don't know it even exists. And it's kind of like DNS, where you don't think about it until it's broken. Hmm. Could one say that NTP is timeless? <laughs> well, one could, <laughs> but I think the lack of NTP would be more timeless. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, there's so many things like that that are like the backbone of how the things work. And you just know when they're not working, typically. Um, <laughs> and I think many people assume that computers just talk to each other. They automatically keep the same time. They're like on some kind of group chat on iMessage, and they're like, just, just checking. It's, uh, it's now uh, 2.17, right? Yeah. Um, but David Mills had observed this problem that, uh, that you're going to be talking about. So can you give us a brief overview of who he is and what exactly he created? So David Mills um, went to work for a company called ComSat, uh, which maintained communication satellites, hence the name and was one of the original uh, contractors to develop the ARPANET, which was the precursor to the internet. Um, he's also a professor at U University of Delaware. Um, he found in some of his research that clocks in a power grid fluctuated due to temperature changes by, on the order of seconds every day. Um, when it was hotter, the clocks ran faster. When it was cooler, the clocks slowed down. So that meant that it was actually very um, challenging to keep the network time. Or that meant that it was challenging for that system to keep a consistent clock. Um, he started tinkering with how to even out that time on the ARPANET. He started tinkering with ways to distinguish reliable and unreliable timekeepers on the internet. Um, some networks keep reliable time, some do not. They are compared to the reference, which is the atomic clocks that are used to create an average time. and I actually didn't know that, but the values of various atomic clocks around the world are averaged together to create the reference time, which we call uh, universal coordinated time, and the acronym for that is UTC. Um, why it's backwards, I don't know. It's probably French, like all those other things. Um, and the way that he put that together, the, the software that he wrote to put that together, to synchronize all of those and distinguish reliable and unreliable timekeepers, eventually became MT NTP, which stands for Network Time Protocol. That's so cool. Um, it's fascinating how temperamental, one might say, um, time can be. And you know, it's it's interesting. You you think a bunch of clocks together, 
um, that would actually be a pretty quick meeting. You know, if you're trying to agree on something, they'd all just say, I second that. Um, and they just figure it out and move forward. Uh, but all jokes aside, it, you know, this article mentions that we take global time synchronization for granted. Um, but we had, we had some level of panic around this concept at, at this beautiful time, at the turn of the millennia, known as Y2K. So I'm just curious, in your opinion, why do you think these attitudes have shifted back to complacency after that great 1999 to 2000 um, anxiety attack? Right. Well, Y2K was actually a um, calendar problem, whereas NTP is a time problem. And those are related but separate, but it got people thinking about it. And they decided that it was, it, it was an issue and it should be addressed, and it really hasn't been addressed. Um, one of the things that happens is that there's really, first of all, there's no market segment for time. So there isn't really an economic incentive for a company to come in and take over running NTP. Um, you're not going to get rich synchronizing the computers of the world to UTC. Um, it's always been there. People are accustomed to it been, being there. They assume that it always will be there, and they don't really think much about how it got there. And the other thing is that NTP is largely the work of David Mills and now his partner, um, his computing partner, um, Harlan Sten, and they have done all the work and they own most of the code or they have written most of the code. So it's not a widely distributed thing. It's not like Linux where there are packages that are written by people around the world. It's a product, a software product that is governed by the needs of a couple people and that's all. Fascinating. And you know, I know we've we've mentioned the acronym a number of times now NTP, but can you talk about how it works and how it was initially received by other programmers? So what NTP does is it syncs participating computers or clients. It's, you can think of it as a client and server um, model. But it syncs clients to within milliseconds of UTC. And one of the reasons that it first came about was to correct for latency um, in the network. One, another function that it has now, which it didn't have originally, but is very important, and boy, we would miss it if it was gone, was network time is now responsible. Uh, it's the basis for a lot of um, cryptography. A lot of the values that crypt cryptographic models use to base their computations off of come from time. So if you don't have time, you can't encrypt things. NTP does is it evaluates and categorizes nodes as being more or less accurate timekeepers, and it de-emphasizes the contributions of less accurate timekeepers and emphasizes the contributions of more accurate timekeepers. 
Um, it uses UDP, just like everything else on the internet, um, on port 123. And then it, most servers will calibrate their time on a given basis, like daily. And then it will listen for updates that it gets from the main NTP servers. Um, and if you think that this sounds like a very complex undertaking to pull computers around the um, world, basically, and, and sometimes off-world, because, like, the International Space Station uses, is synchronized to NTP. Um, but if you think that that sounds very complex, it is. And the fact that it works at scale is nothing short of astonishing. Um, Vint Cerf, who is one of the you know fathers of the internet, one of the Internet Hall of Fame guys, um, when he first looked at this code, he called it wizardry. So it really is kind of magic. Magic from, I would argue, the true father time. David Mills. Indeed. <laughs> That's awesome. And it, as you mentioned, it's open source. There's not like a single owner other than, the, of course, the, the folks that actually made and built out the code. Um, and this article mentions that its maintenance is handled by people working without pay, as you mentioned, no financial incentive. How does this happen? Um, why do you think funding is so hard outside of the economic basis, especially when it's so integral to the internet? Is there anything that you think would be a helpful solution for this? Well, NTP is trying to bootstrap themselves into a self-sustaining foundation. Um, it's called the Network Time Foundation. And they currently bring in, through contributions, just a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, which pays their server costs, really. Um, it doesn't really begin to cover the costs to extend and uh, perpetuate NTP as a service that's freely available to the internet. Um, it, there are other things on the internet that work like this. Um, last week I was at a conference and I met um, the maintainer of the public suffix list. And he was talking about the fact that he puts all this unpaid work into it. And the public suffix list is used by Mozilla, it's used by Cloudflare, it's used by Chrome. Um, all these big companies use this as a reference as to what the list of effective TLDs is, and they don't pay for it. They don't contribute to it. So it's just, you know, a guy who's doing this. And what happens when he can no longer do it? Or what if there's, there's a metric called the hit by a bus factor, which is what would happen to the internet if this guy got hit by a bus, God forbid. And the thing is that for the public suffix list for NTP, if David Mills and Harlan Sten um, got hit by a bus, that would be catastrophic for all of us. I mean, they have the institutional memory of it of the of time basically um the other thing is that people don't want to they think of it as free as in 
free beer, which is somebody buys you a beer. You don't have to think about how that got paid for. You don't have to think about where it came from. It's just here. Somebody gives you a beer. Great. That's that's fantastic. Um, and so they don't really think about how that came to be or the costs associated with it. And that's one of the things about open source is that you spread out the work in a sense, but you don't motivate people to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes you so much more appreciative and thankful of of the community because the info security community is and the, the broader internet community, I guess we'll call it, is built on a lot of these folks who are volunteering their time and their perspective and their knowledge to solve really challenging problems. Um, but to your point, that does create create a challenge when those folks want to move on from those projects or life deems it's time to move on from those projects. So hopefully it will become more prevalent uh, for, for younger generations of programmers um, but for the sake of time, if you will, I'll move to our last question here, which is, you know, there's so much we didn't get a chance to cover in our conversation today, but maybe we'll end with this. There's not much agreement on version five of NTP and Google has created their own internal version of NTP. What do you think we'll see in the next five years, given the continued reliance on the, the good old internet of things, IOT? I think that NTP will endure. I think that the install base is just too large, and I think people have some apprehension about giving that function over to a private company. Um, one of the things that I noted when I read the article was that a large proportion, like more than 30% of computers that run NTP on the net run version 3. The current version is version 4 and version 3 was released in 1993. So people are going, there's a lot of inertia there. They're going to be reluctant to mess with what works. So Google can try that if they want. Um, more power to them, but I doubt they're going to get a lot of traction. Interesting. Something will will all very much be impacted by. So whether or not we want to, I'm sure we'll be keeping an eye on this. Um, but thank you, Kelly, for for surfacing this conversation. It's not something we stop and talk about a whole lot on this podcast. So I'm glad we could chat about it. Um, and I'll say, I, I, you know, we typically end these uh, article discussions with hoodie ratings, um, zero to 10. 10 is very, very bad. Zero, sort of neutral. And we're playing off the, the how many hackers and hoodies does it take to solve a problem change a light bulb that type of thing so let's let's look at this from the perspective of ntp goes away or as i'll say ntp is not fed um, or nurtured in the way it's being fed and nurtured by david mills right now how bad is that on the hoodie rating that's catastrophic i would give it a 10 10 hoodies taylor would you would you agree with that rating on your end uh, yeah, from the way that we're hearing it right now. When you, you said, like, where do we see NTP in five years? And I, my internal joke was, boy, I hope uh, it, you know, it's not at 4.999999999 years at that point. Because that would be bad. <laughs> uh, as someone who's uh, utilized it to mitigate VM time drift a lot, um, I can see, tell you that it's used you know, offline as well, <laughs> so to speak. 
Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, that's that's the first uh, 10 that we've seen in a while. So thank you again for surfacing, Kelly. And we'll we'll pause here for a brief break and be back in a second to talk about our next article, A Payday Drone. Well, hello there, Breaking Badness listener. Thank you so much for being with us today. And hey, if you are enjoying Breaking Badness, why not hit that subscribe button and hey, tell a friend or two about the podcast while you're at it. And of course, we always welcome those reviews and ratings. Helps us make a better show for you. So help us help you here on Breaking Badness. And now, back to the action. Welcome back. You too. Um, I just needed a sip of water here to qualm my anxiety about time and the internet and networking. And a sip of water wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> we are like, what? You know, who's going to pick up after this? No one's got the time for this. Right? Ain't no nobody got time for that. <laughs> yeah. Like after this NTP stuff. <laughs> uh, we'll have to see. This will be fun. Um, we'll add that to the list of things I fall asleep thinking about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about our second article here, a payday drone. So the concept of consumer drones used for hacking has been discussed over the past decade. And now we're seeing those sorts of attacks actually take place. And I hate to drone on and on about this. Um, and I think every post-apocalyptic movie has predicted drones could be used for nefarious means. Um, but I'd like to know... Who made this discovery of consumer drones being used for bad and their initial finding? And I also want to visually describe um, a meme I saw. Speaking of drones, um, <laughs> Taylor, do you know the do you know the meme I'm thinking of here? I don't know. No, I there don't. was. <laughs> I believe um, Amazon tried to test some drones in Florida. And a drone went down. Oh, yes. An image going around of the last thing I saw. And you can see two individuals. There's a beer bottle that's nearing the drone and somebody that's ready to toss something else. And it's just like perfectly encapsulates. Um, but seems like a reasonable response given given this particular article. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if the folks from that image were quite, uh, you know, in the same threat model landscape as... Uh, <laughs> folks in this article well taylor what did what did they find here what was this discovery including a drone and some maliciousness yeah so this is interesting so this popped up on twitter sometime last week uh greg lenaris is at laughing underscore mantis uh you know security researcher and and, and someone who's uh who's got information on this uh, who, who's relayed to him uh, around drones being used to sniff out uh, Mac employee Mac addresses to uh, then you know participate like uh, use the drones really to get gain access to gain physical access to the wireless network that they needed to kind of then breach uh, and so it was it was on Twitter I thought well that's kind of interesting and then three days later, the register said that they had spoken with the you know someone off the record from the financial firm, which is unnamed here, uh, that could confirm that this happened. So then uh, that all of a sudden became like a 
mildly like, oh, that's kind of an interesting story. It's like, oh, well, I guess this has a, a decent potential to be a real story, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the, uh, of these drones being used in this way. Oh, boy. Um, so the call was coming from inside the house. Uh, so they had to continue to dig for more information on this. Is that right? Just because the unusual activity yeah. started. So what <laughs> happened was, <laughs> yeah, what they noticed was that an employee's Mac was logged in from two spots at the same time. One spot was their house, uh, you know, a few miles away. Uh, and then the other spot was somewhere on site. And then they used uh, some Wi-Fi sniffer devices, a fluke uh, device to sniff where the uh, signal was coming from, where the connection was coming from. And it led them to the roof of the building where they found not one, but two drones uh, that were just sitting there. One of them looked like they had crash landed or, you know, maybe didn't land quite the way they wanted to and was not likely to be able to take off again. The other one did seem to be pretty operational. Hmm. So this detective work led the company's security team to the roof where they found a DJI, excuse me, found a DJI Matrix 600 drone. What was it carrying and why do you think it was, why do you think it was left on the roof? Well, yeah, so we mentioned that they had one, it was a DJI Matrix 600, another was a DJI Phantom. Uh, the Phantom was carrying a modified Wi-Fi pineapple device, which if you've attended a conference or seen these things in action, uh, you know, it's like a, a, a tricked out router that, that has uh, lots of uh, like sniffing and promiscuous mode stuff turned on so that you can listen to signals, spoof signals, uh, you know, project uh, like a Wi-Fi network and get folks to hop onto it, which is likely what happened here. So you've got one drone to do the Wi-Fi sniffing and then the other drone to do your kind of malicious bidding once you've got the employee's MAC address. Uh, and I'm guessing likely they must have had credentials as well, uh, but it doesn't go into a ton of details. Hmm. But that they that they were caught kind of red-handed or, I don't know, red-droned or I'm not sure. <laughs> caught drone-handed. <laughs> Yeah, drone-handed or, or yeah. yeah. Well, what do you? I mean, what do you think their goal was? And were yeah, they so they were they were caught editing the internal Confluence page. <laughs> uh, so they were caught editing some internal pages uh, to the the documentation for this organization. So really, you know, it sounds like they got it. They they sniffed it out pretty early on, uh, and then were able to kind of locate these two drones on the roof of the building uh, in you know fairly short order before anything too malicious occurred. But who knows? I mean, I guess your guess is as good as mine. If Whenever I think, you know, financial institution, you think financial records, you think, um, you know, lots of movement of money and potentially trying to tap into that one way. Uh, you know, maybe they were trying to deploy some type of uh, you know, supply chain attack into the, the you know, software supply chain for this org. This way, who knows? Uh, but you know, in any event, it looks like they spent you know ten to fifteen grand on drones and materials, and uh, walked away kind of empty, empty drones, <laughs> no drones. Interesting. And do we know who is behind this then? No, they. Uh, well, if they do, they're not. And so one thing, you know, we take this with a couple of grains of salt, right? So. First off, you know, just some stuff being reported on Twitter is is one thing, and you've got to definitely take that with a couple of grains of salt. And, and 
Uh, you know, it's great that the register, you know, were able to confirm some of this stuff. But again, you know, it's tricky. Uh, not I'm not saying this didn't happen, but I, uh, you know, I guess that is certainly within the realm of possibility. Uh, and if you were going to go about it, it would look like this, right? So, you know, certainly that kind of matches the criteria for the story that they're, that they're telling here. Um, but yeah, the uh, you know the the even the, you know, the folks that, that this happened to are not going to officially come out and talk about it. Doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Hmm. Fascinating. Well, I'm just I'm just sort of curious how paranoid we should be about drones <laughs> and roofs. <laughs> And how, I mean, how would even one go about protecting themselves from this type of attack? Yeah, certainly this is something that needs to be taken into the threat model for orgs like this, of, of this size. Uh, hey, maybe it's as simple as throwing a security camera on the roof, um, you know, to as like uh, simple as also just like, hey, you know, you got to plug in. We're, gonna, we're going back to cables now. We're going back to, to Ethernet. <laughs> Good old RJ45 again, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, I'm sure on, on some level there are orgs that are sensitive enough where, where that uh, may be a response to this at some point if, if this becomes more commonplace. Interesting. Maybe maybe it could be, this is how the drone wars actually start. There's a drone to watch for drones, mm-hmm. and then the drones fight on the roof. And then there's a drone that's capturing this, and it's covered by a broadcast television and now there's this whole drone business. Yep. Um, that's that's my prediction. <laughs> yeah. Now 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 the BattleBots uh, Battle remake bots. really really comes into play <laughs> just on the roof of a financial institution near you. <laughs> Brought to you by. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Now they're the sponsors of the event. Um, wow. That's uh, this is a just kind of interesting story that we we haven't talked about, especially the physical aspect. And just what would you? I'll ask you, Taylor, first this time. What would you rate this on the hoodie scale? I, you know, this one, I didn't, this article is not particularly scary from a, hey, this is going to happen to you. Because it's very expensive, right? It wasn't, and I'm sure this stuff will get cheaper over time. But, you know, some of this allows someone to have proximity to a network that they wouldn't otherwise be able to gain. So, sure, that makes a lot of sense. Um, although, is that going to be the easiest way for someone to do this? I don't know that this changes uh, the equation for a lot of orgs. <laughs> Uh, in this way, but uh, you know, I'd say I'm gonna go like two and a half hoodies, right? Again, not like anything um, super concerning at the moment. It seems like there's a lot of other preconditions that had to be fulfilled for this to even be useful, and to the point that those did get fulfilled, this still wasn't that useful <laughs> for your adversary. So who knows? Gotcha. And what was that actual number there for you, Taylor? I said two and a half. So, oh, sorry. Hang on. Well, no, you're right. Let's back up here. It's definitely, we'll go two hoodies and then, well, if we're going to do a half, we'll do, um, we'll do another top riff hoodie. We're going to do like, we're going to just do a top, top of the hoodie and that's it. (laughs) What, what would the decimal point be for a, um, oh, who is, who's the coach of the Patriots? A Bill Belichick Oh, the Belichick hoodies? What would that be? feel like Bill is rocking, you know, 0. 0.537 hoodies at any given point in time. <laughs> is, is, he, is he starting to wear a crop top now? Am I missing something? <laughs> it does seem to get like a, a little more crappy every season. We'll see. <laughs> he's, he's trying to show off his collarbone. Um, <laughs> Very fashion you know? forward. That's right. I like it. <laughs> All right, Kelly, what do you think? <laughs> 
I don't know. Um, it's interesting, but I don't, uh, as Taylor said, I think the barrier to uh, entry is pretty high here. So I'd say probably three out of ten. Y'all are super aligned. Similar similar ratings all around here. That makes that makes plenty of sense. Kelly's, you know, a baseball fan. We're ball we're ball ballpark buds here on our rating. Ballpark buds. I want that on a, a hoodie. Ballpark buds. <laughs> Shamelessly stolen from another podcast. Also. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, that wraps up our two articles, and we're gonna have some fun with our game Two Truths and a Lie here in just a second. So hang on, and we will be right back. Kelsey, did you hear our two truths in the lie from last week? No, I didn't. Oh, it was very. I, I I was inspired by your your punniness. Oh, oh, I'm gonna have to go listen back to that. <laughs> yeah, episode. I crafted one that was very. I think it was maybe too easy to decipher which one was the fake one, but I still had fun making it. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, Callie, you were Callie who hosted last week and is always on this podcast here with us. Um, always with us. Did a great job. I I um came down with something that nobody would have wanted to hear me uh, speaking during the podcast. So I'm, I'm bummed I missed it, but I'm going to be tuning in for sure and catching myself back up. Um, and yeah, and we, we should start into this week's and um, hopefully, hopefully I did okay here, but I'm going to read the three articles and we're going to play this game. It's very similar to two truths and a lie, but rather than talking about ourselves, um, in fact, we come up with three byline article titles, two of which actually happen, one of which is a lie. Um, there's a point system, and Taylor and Kelly are going to try to guess. I'm hosting this week, so we'll we'll see if I can deceive them. You two ready to go? I am. Sure. All right. Article number one. The outlook isn't good. Researchers find... It's possible to infer the contents of encrypted messages sent through Microsoft 365. Article 2. Google search rotten to the core. Typing in how many emojis on Apple on Google can result in malware on your machine. And article number 3. Putting the dead in deadbolt. The Dutch National Police tricked the ransomware group deadbolt into handing over 150 plus decryption keys there they are this week's articles i'd love to hear that third one (laughs) (laughs) or do you i hope i hope you're not lying to us about that one (sighs) what was the first one again the outlook isn't good Researchers find it's possible to infer the contents of encrypted messages sent through Microsoft 365. And Microsoft has this tool called Outlook, and I'm going to explain that pun because um, it needs to be, obviously. No, that's no, that's how you know it's funny. I think the lie is number two. All right, Kelly down for number two. I think it's number one because I've never heard of a Microsoft 365 product. <laughs> heard of Office 365. 
Microsoft. Well, I'll say regardless, the intention is Microsoft Office. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, I didn't know how. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know what? I'll stay. I'll stay to the first one. Why not? You'll stay to the first one. Okay. Yeah, we'll stay on that one. All right, and Kelly's Kelly's scores are going to impact Tim, Tim Helming, um, who's about to go speak at Mwise and was just speaking at uh, Gurkhan. That's the only way that you can say Gurkhan that I'll accept. It's not Gurkhan. Really? It's Gurkhan. Oh, yep. Wow. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, I thought it was Gherkin. Like Gherkin? Yeah. Like the <laughs> Jerry Gherkin from Parks and Rec. Um, you could very well be right. Um, the organizer of Gherkin or Gherkin or Gherkin, please let us know which is correct. Um, <laughs> but now that I've built the anticipation, I will say, Taylor, you're incorrect. No. And Kelly, you are correct. Oh. Good oh, work. Yeah, great job. Um, coming in fresh, knows when I'm lying. Something I should be concerned about here. She got me. So yeah, the um, Google search uh, doesn't um, download any kind of sad malware on your machine. Instead, it does tend to crash, crash your machine, I believe, or at least Google, um, because yeah, I don't, I don't, I, you know, it, it's not good. Don't don't search that. But it's it's not a malware issue. It's more of a frustrating issue. But uh, what a thing to to Google. <laughs> Just crashes on you. Says so no, thank you. I would not like to answer that question. And that's that's the game for this week. That's two truths and a lie. So falling further and further behind here. You're just a very trustworthy person, Taylor. <laughs> That's ultimately you're winning this in in many ways. So, mm-hmm. yeah, something to be proud of. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, thank you, Kelly, for joining us this week. Thank you, Taylor, as well. Thank you, Kelly. As always, you do so much behind the scenes when you're when you're not in front of the scenes, uh, at the scenes, whatever the opposite of behind the scenes is. Um, but we'll be back, I believe, next week for the 136th episode of Breaking Badness. Crazy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You know what I found recently? And this is a shout out to Alan Liska. A while ago, this was like the the the, um, the at the time in the pandemic where we thought maybe we could, <laughs> you know, maybe if we like stopped, slowed things down, we wouldn't be in it for a few years kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he sent some hoodie stickers over so you could like build out hoodies and I've been on a cleaning streak and I came across those and they made me smile so Alan Liska just shout out to you for those amazing stickers um still love them still have them they're fantastic um I'll reach out to Bill Belichick and Tom Hanks and see if they can't get us the uh the Patriots version (laughs) as a Dolphins fan we could just skip it it's fine (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. All right. Well, stay safe, everybody. Enjoy this transition to fall. And we'll be back next week for another episode of Breaking Badness. Thanks, everyone. TTFN. Thank you. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. 
Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>